morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to graduation Sunday. One brief event we want to have right now is not only that we're meeting together in one service through the summer so you can get acquainted with people that went to the early service and late service can find out all the new people that they think go here. But we do have some new members to introduce and we're not going to make them come to the front. Um, but if the pictures are, we were having some difficulties with them, but um, let's try to read here. I'll just turn around and look. <laughs> okay. Jarrell is the only one we do not have a picture of. He's been here three or four years. He is an immigrant from Ghana and been very faithful here um, and is n was not able to be here today. So next one, Doug Christensen. We'll keep going. Benjamin Corum. Now, Benjamin is um, from, don't want to you know, diminish anyone else, but he's from Oregon, so he's, <laughs> he gets in just for that. <clears throat> Jamie Gross, Dan and Amanda Hansen, Ivan and Bonnie Jardy, Chris and Lindsay McDonald, just welcomed a new little girl, Kelty, Del Nunley, Dottie and Earl Rankin, Jeanette Troyer, and then Keenan and Larie Wallard. Now, if any of those that were on the screen, if you would just stand for a moment um, that are here, please do that. Here, back there, over here. Doug, yes. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Anyway, there I am, see? <laughs> Welcome to church, everyone. It's nice to see you this Sunday morning. If I've not met you, my name is Dan Knust. I am the high school pastor here at the church. Uh, I have the honor this morning of recognizing our graduates, both high school and college, which is one of my favorite Sundays of the year, just because we get to honor them and the parents and the grandparents, friends and family that have walked alongside these people for a long, long time to get them to where they get to realize and recognize exactly what they've got before them today. So with all that said, what I'd like to do this morning is we're going to play a video. And if you pay attention to the video, you'll see several students that are not here this morning because in our youth group, we have a lot of kids that come in our community that attend youth group, both junior high and high school, that do not attend church here on Sunday morning. And to be honest with you, there's also some kids that their families don't attend church at all. So the only church they get is a Wednesday night experience when they come to youth group. So as you watch the video, you'll recognize that there's some uh, students that are not here, some young adults that aren't here this morning, but um, we wanted to give them the honor of being recognized as well. So if you're a graduate in this room, listen to me, listen to my voice. If you're a graduate in this room, I would like for you to get up while the video is playing, come to this side of the room over here, and just stand there in a line, and Kylie Christensen and Julie Tawcheck 
We'll be handing you a gift, and I'd like you to come up here on stage by me and give name, rank, serial number. Those lights are working well this morning, aren't they? Um, give name, rank, serial number, basically your name, where you graduated from. And if you know what your plans are going forward, we'd love to hear you let us know what those plans are. I think that's all I need except for a microphone. Pastor Dan ran off with my microphone. So there, there it is. Tanner's got it. <laughs> okay, if you guys would start the video, and if the graduates want to come on this side of the room, uh, we'd appreciate that a bunch. Okay, Zoe, come on up. As most of you know, I'm Zoe. <laughs> and I graduated with my master's in business administration from the University of Wyoming. And I plan to stay in Laramie at least till the end of this year. And I'm working on the business that I helped co-found last year. I am Jackie Kelly. I graduated from BH with a bachelor's degree in elementary education. Um, I'm going to take this next year off, and then I will apply for a job teaching somewhere in Gillette next year. I'm Creed Olson. I'm graduating from Campbell County High School. I plan to stay in town and pursue an electrical engineering degree um, and then move on to a four-year to finish out. My name is Robbie Adams. I graduated from Gillette College, and I plan on going to the University of Wyoming to get a chemical engineering degree. I'm Delana Junt, and I just graduated from Gillette College with my associates in pre-professional, and I plan to continue my education down at the University of Wyoming for my pre-professional studies. 
Hi, my name is Lara Sommer. I'm an exchange student from Germany and I just graduated from Thunder Basin High School and after high school I will go back to Germany and finish high school there. Um, my name is Cassidy Kelly. I'm graduating from Campbell County High School and I plan on going to Gillette College for an associate's degree in psychology and then I will work, work towards becoming a Christian counselor. My name is Logan Ketterling and I'll be going, oh, I'm actually graduating from Camel County High School and I'll be going to Powell to pursue sports and entertainment marketing. My name's Carson. I just graduated from Gillette College with a my associates in biology, and I am transferring over to UW to their zoology program. I'm Peyton Stavely. I'm graduating from Campbell County High School, and I'm going down to the University of Wyoming for a nursing degree. Hi, I'm Kate Gear. I um, graduated Westwood High School and I'm planning on um, going to a Christian college in the near future. Kevin, make you guys stand up here for you. Know how nervous, nerve-wracking it is to have all those people watching you, right? Um, I want to just say something to you guys real quick. I love you guys. Every one of you. I know all of you are, I've, I've known some of you since you've been little bitty kids, and now some of you are going to be moms for crying out loud. So it's like, this is crazy for me to stand here. But um, it, I want to tell you guys what I kind of told you on that last Wednesday night when we got together. It has been a privilege of ours in youth group that you guys have allowed us to speak into your life. Whether you make it to youth group all the time, whether it's church on Sunday morning, FCA at school, whatever that is, on behalf of every person in this church who's come alongside you guys, but the leaders in the high school room as well, and just on behalf of myself, thank you for allowing us to be a part of the conversation of your life for this season. So whatever season you're in and you're stepping off into, I want you guys to know that that doesn't change. With all of my heart, you guys have to know you have my phone number, and I don't care what you go through or what you experience, no matter what country you're in, I want you to know that I'm available for you at any time, any day, as long as God keeps me on this side of heaven, I'm here for you guys. So as you age and as you grow up, and I've watched some of you now graduate college, it's kind of crazy, <clears throat> but I want you to know that I love you guys dearly, and I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of your lives, but remember always that I'm here for you, and I mean that genuinely with all my heart, okay? So I'm going to pray for you guys, I'm going to make you go sit down, and then I get to nag you one more time before you step off into the next season of life. So if you guys would join me in prayer, let's pray. Father in heaven, we come this morning before you just to confess your goodness. And we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ this morning. I'm just praying, Lord, that your hand will continue to be upon these young people. A lot of times, Lord, you know what the world looks like better than we do. We see all the chaos and the confusion and all the junk that's going on in regards to especially young people. But I want to just thank you and praise you this morning for young people who are clinging tight to you who have compromised and, and not compromised and sacrificed along the way to hang on to a relationship with you through these high school years and through their college, college experience. Father, I know these seasons are hard for these young people, but I know that you've been there with them and you will continue to be there with them. 
So help them to always remember to look to the one who has saved them, look to the one who they trust their eternity with, that they would look to you for the next moments of their life, that they would trust you, and they would continue to walk in your truth. And Father, I want to pray for all the parents in this room that have um, really, in all reality, come to a point where they're going to offer their kids to you because they don't have a choice. As parents, Lord, this next season of our life is not um, something that we maybe desire all the time. We do and we don't. It's such a mixed bag of emotions. So I just pray for the parents this morning, Lord, that you quiet their hearts, that you give them peace, and that they know that everyone standing on this stage this morning, I know for a fact, has a desire to follow you. And in that, may they find their peace. So Lord, I just commission these students to you, these kids to you, these young people to you, asking that your hand would continue to be upon them, that you would bless them along the way, and that they would be keenly aware of your presence in all that they do, keeping their eyes fixed on the author and finisher of their faith as they go forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Go have a seat. This is one of my favorite mornings on a Sunday morning to preach, but at the same time, I'm a nervous wreck, to be very honest with you, because I think to myself, I've really been praying and asking God, what, what does he want me to share with everyone here this morning? Because we've got graduates in the room, we've got parents and graduates in the room, we've got grandparents in the room, and then all you other folks show up for church on Sunday morning. And you didn't show up, it's, you didn't show up for graduation Sunday, you showed up to hear from God, and I'm praying that he does that this morning. And I really believe what he's laid on my heart will be a help to everyone here. I know it's been a huge help to me. So I'm going to try to calm myself down a little bit, because if you've ever heard me share or preach or speak or whatever you want to call it, I get pretty excited about the things of God. Students are used to me having high-speed come-aparts on Wednesday nights in a high school room, but you guys probably aren't quite as used to that as they are, so hang on, because I've got about 20 minutes to share what God's laid on my heart that I can honestly, I told my wife this yesterday, and I do this all the time, and I don't know why, I could take three weeks to preach on what I'm going to share with you guys in 20 minutes this morning. It's that much information in the scripture that we'll share this morning, so I'm really praying that God gives us all ears to hear what he has to say. But before I go on to the message, you made it, students. You did it. You grew up, you graduated college, you graduated high school. I'm so proud of you guys, and you made it. But here's the deal, parents. It's kind of a mixed emotion, isn't it? You're excited, but at the same time, you're scared to death. And Rachel and I were praying at the house this morning before I left, and I, I think this is a good way for me to maybe phrase this when I experience my kids graduating high school and graduating college and everyone stepping off into the next season of life, and here I stand. I've spent time raising these kids, investing in these kids for 18 years, and can I tell you something, just a little bit of warning, if this is your first graduate, they're going to lose their mind they're going to go off to college, you're going to the workforce, and you're going to think, what happened to you? I didn't raise you this way. Hardest season of my t of parenting for me has been when my kids step off into college and into the workforce, because I'm just like, they try to find their own way. But this morning, the hardest thing about today, the last couple of days, it's not familiar. It's not familiar for us to watch our kids step off into the next season of life. It's uncharted territory, and I think we like familiar as human beings, think about our lives. We love things that are familiar to us. This is very unfamiliar as you go forward. So my encouragement to you is in the next season as, they, as your students step off, whether it's college or whether it's high school, hang on to what's familiar. And what's familiar is God. 
And I'm encouraging you guys in this season, do not miss the God moments of what you're going to experience today at graduation as you watch your kids cross that stage and they go off into the next season of life. Watch for God. Keep your eyes fixed on him because he'll show you the moments and he will whisper in your heart, I got them. They're going to be okay. I got my hand on them. They got their eyes on me and everything else will work out okay. So you made it, parents and grandparents, the same way. I'm very proud of you guys. And I want to I thank you guys, again, before I get into the message, from a pastor's heart to a parent's heart, I cannot even express the gratitude I have in the way you've raised your kids. I am so grateful that we in the youth ministry just get to be a part of the conversation. And really, we've been telling them for years exactly what you've been teaching and telling them their whole lives. So we are literally just coming alongside you, but I'm so grateful and I want to thank you personally, again, from a pastor to a parent, thank you for raising your kids right. Thank you for investing in them in times when you didn't want to and you didn't feel like it and you wanted to give up and you didn't because you couldn't. It's like, what are we going to do? We don't have a choice. God's commissioned these kids to us for this time. We get to raise them in the way we do. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and speaking on behalf of Pastor Dan and Pastor Tanner, <clears throat> we're so grateful that you guys do what you do. But here's the deal. It doesn't stop here. Whether your kid's in high school, graduating high school, or whether your child is graduating college, you don't stop being a parent. You don't stop ministering to them along the way and speaking into their life. It changes because we don't get to rule over them, if you will, but we do want to have them come back for information and for advice and guidance along the way. So you keep your eyes fixed on God, and don't you dare think this is over. Don't you dare think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You hang on, and you hang on tight. And I think what God's laid on my heart this morning, I hope will be a help to you and encourage you to continue down that path. <clears throat> and if you're sitting in this room and you've got a person, or a student who's going into their senior year of high school, and you're sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, my time's coming, and I'm going to have to watch my kids step off and leave home and go into college or the workforce, keep doing what you're doing, keep raising them right, keep teaching them things of God, and keep, keep living out scripture before them in all that you do. So this morning what I want to do is I want to give you guys some wisdom before I leave today. But each one of us in this room, graduate or not, I think this wisdom that we're going to gain, gain this morning, that we'll glean this morning from Scripture, will help us a lot. And it comes in Psalm chapter 1. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 1 for me, if you would, please. This, this psalm is literally known as a wisdom psalm. This is a wisdom song that we really aren't sure. A lot of people give David credit for writing this, but nobody knows for sure who wrote this. But this begins the book of Psalms. 150 chapters we get into the book of Psalms. This sets the, sets the rhythm of what this looks like. And I really believe this sets the rhythm of our life as well. What this does for us this morning is, is this psalm that we'll look at presents two things. Two men, two, uh, two men, two paths, and two destinies. And I like how God does this. And pay close attention to this this morning. God doesn't give you a third way. God gives you two ways to live your life. Two choices that you get to make as you go forward. Not three, not four, not 500. He makes it, choices in our lives are very simple. But what this psalm does, that I'll read here in just a moment, it points the way to blessings, and it also warns about divine judgment. So students, look at me. What I want you to do this morning for me is I want you to do this for the rest of your lives. All of us should be doing this. Live your life in light of eternity. Because this psalm that I'm about to read this morning points the direction to either blessing or 
or destruction. One of the two. Not a third choice. This is it. And God shows us along the way how we should be living this way so that we don't get confused in how we're supposed to be doing this so we can end well in our lives. Because you're just beginning. You're just starting in life. You get your whole life ahead of you. However many days that is, I don't know. But I can tell you how you're supposed to be living it. And you're supposed to be living it with an eternal perspective in the temporal junk that you'll deal with. So let's get into the psalm, and then we'll break this down for the next few minutes, give you guys some things you can hang on to. Then I want to close with a song, and then we'll pray and be done with the service. So Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the way of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners that, that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a, a tree planted by a stream of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, they prosper. Not so with the wicked. They are like shaft. That, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I can say amen, right? Because this is very simple when you look at this. There's two ways, and it's either a way of blessing or a way of destruction. The psalmist describes this in verse 1. What he does, he describes what he declines, what the blessed man declines. Students, I know you're getting, told, you're getting tired of told what not to do, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. Stop these things. This is a negative look at this on the beginning of this psalm. So what I want to do is I want to break down what the blessed man declines. It says the blessed man is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take... Uh, or the way the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. He's basically describing negatively and positively what he's supposed to do in the scriptures. Blessings result from committing to certain activities in your life, but they also result from turning away from certain activities in your life. And that's the thing that we see here, and we see a decline as you go along this. The first thing is the blessed man does not walk in step with the wicked. That's a harsh word, isn't it? Especially in today's world, this word wicked, it carries a lot with it. And basically it means this. In the Hebrew, the word wicked, wicked is rasha, which means ungodly or unbeliever. So I asked myself, who are the ungodly people in this world? We realize as far as how we know, we know the Bible, if you're not a Christian, you are an ungodly person. Because unless you've given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart now, you've been forgiven of your sin, you're not walking with God, you're not saved, you're not born again as we've been taught by our pastor so well in this church. We need to be born again. So the ungodly people are people that just leave God out of the conversation. So watch this. As you live your life, young people, you look at me, and this is gray hairs, young people. I don't care who we are in this room. As we live our lives, we have to make sure that we do not take counsel for those that leave God out. If somebody's just denying God and leaving God out of the conversation, don't take counsel from them. Why in the world would you do that? It says in Scripture, in Amos, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? So if you're taking counsel from someone, that's basically getting direction in your life. And I want you to know that the direction that you need in your life is the way to blessing, not the way to destruction. So if we're going to take counsel from people, you're going to take advice from people at work and 
you, you, there'll be people along the way that don't know God that will speak to you, but when it comes to the direction of your life, you can't take counsel from those people because their direction is different than yours as a believer. So you cannot walk in the way of the wicked. You can't stay on that path. Proverbs 4, 14 and 15 says this, Do not set a foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way. Again, I want you to hear me. This does not mean that we don't have friends that aren't believers. I got a lot of friends that don't believe in Christ, but I don't take direction from them in my life spiritually. I won't do it. I love them, I pray for them, I minister to them, I share the gospel with them because I want them to know the Lord. You want to do all those things, absolutely. We don't want to become self-righteous, and I'm not talking to you because I'm a Christian and you're not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual direction in your life. You can't walk with someone in a direction who does not agree with you spiritually. You're going two different ways, you guys. So I want you to make sure that you always hang on to that idea. Again, I'm talking about ethics, morality, faithfulness, and walking with the Lord daily. Do not walk in the way of the wicked. So when you find yourself doing these things, you'll know, wait a minute, what am I doing wrong here? I see this according to the light of scripture, what I should and shouldn't be doing. The second thing is this, do not stand in the way the sinners take. And that stand is this to me. And finally, I had trouble with this one, to be honest with you. But it's standing and pondering the things of the world. It's standing and considering, well, they seem nice. They seem like they're okay. They don't, don't seem to be doing anything wrong. It's standing on the path of sinners, and you'll end up walking in the direction they walk. So don't stand and ponder the world. Don't stand and consider the things of the world. Move on. It says, go on your way. Do not spend time there. Again, you can see it. You'll have friends that are there, but you do not stand there considering, I wonder if they got it right. I wonder if, if the Bible's really true. Tanner talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's okay to have questions but don't start questioning the things of God. If you stand on that path, you will, and I promise you the scripture teaches us, you will begin to have, you will begin starting to question the things of God. You won't have questions, you'll start questioning, especially when you go off into the academia who's gonna tell you everything you learned from us in this church all these years is absolute false, it's lies, and you're nuts if you believe it. Don't consider it. Let it shut off you like a duck, like a water off a duck's back. You don't believe that, you don't go that way. Here's one for the adults in the room that got jobs. Have you ever found yourself doing this? You're at work, you're around the group of people that you work with, there's gossip going on, and you join in. And when you're done and you walk away from that, you're like, how did I get there? I can't even believe I said that. Where did that even come from? I'm not, that's not who I am. And it starts to affect your testimony with the rest of your coworkers. Or fellows, how about if there's a coarse joke? And all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> that was a good one. And you walk away and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world am I doing? And you get in your quiet time with God and you're like, man, Lord, I'm so sorry. That's what happens when you start to stand in this way. You start, your lifestyle begins, your lifestyle begins to look more like the world than it does like Christ. And when you're at college or you're in the workplace or, or at home and your lifestyle begins to look more like the world than it does Jesus, 
you better stop, beg God to ask him to forgive you, turn around, repent, and start walking with the Lord again. Because otherwise, you're on that path that's going to lead you in a direction, not according to my words, but according to Scripture, that's going to lead you in the wrong direction. you got a choice to make. Every one of us that sit in their seats this morning are exactly where we want to be with God right now. you got a choice to make. What direction are you going to walk in life? It's one of the most important things we can do. Why do we do that? Because this, being on a bad path leads, in, leads to bad actions, which leads to bad habits. I hope that lands on you, and I pray that you examine your life before Christ. Paul says it this way, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And then you sit in the seat of the mockers. You sit in the company of the mockers. You have fellowship with them. Fellowship is the word koinonia. That carries a lot with it. Koinonia is this. I have something in common with them because I've stood on the path. I've walked on the path. I've stood there and I've watched them. All of a sudden, I've got a lot in common with these people now. And it starts to impact my life. And then all of a sudden, I have koinonia with them. I told high school students for decades, I said, on Friday nights, when you go to a party and there's drinking, I hope you feel so out of place that makes you so uncomfortable, you can't stand to be there. Because they may be your friends, but you don't have koinonia with them. You don't have fellowship with them. If you look around the room in here this morning, we have fellowship, don't we? Why do we have fellowship? Because we have one thing in common. One person is at the center of each one of our lives in this room this morning. We have fellowship in Christ. I don't want you to have fellowship in the world, but if you walk and you stand and you sit with the mockers who mock God and do these things, you will have fellowship with them. And we can mock God and deny God by our actions, and Jesus makes it very clear. Matthew 10, 33, but everyone who denies me here on earth, I will deny before the Father in heaven. And you guys, I know there's not one of us in this room that want that to happen. I know there's not. I know you love God. But sometimes we just need, like me, all week long, get in the head and get God to remind me of, here's how we walk, Dan. This is what our lives look like, and this is what I want you to do and not do. If you follow the wrong counsel, then you will stand with the wrong companions, and you will sit with the wrong crowd. Young people, I hope you heed this warning from God. This is the negative things that we don't do. Oswald Chambers says it this way, if you seek counsel from the ungodly person, you will find yourself moving away from the directions of God's word and commands. If you intentionally, listen to the word, intentionally seek out sinners as your companions, koinonia, fellowship, they will lead you down a path that takes you far from God. If you choose to join the scornful, you will eventually become cynical. So ask yourselves this. Everybody in the room, ask yourself this question. The people I spend the most time with, do they help, do they help my relationship with Christ or do they hinder my relationship with Christ? Do they lead me closer to the cross or do they take me farther away? Those are the things I want you to ask yourselves as you watch these things. Because this, this verb tense in here means the blessed man has a settled way of life. I'm settled. I'm not going anywhere. I'm standing on the rock that is Jesus Christ, and I'm not moving on this rock. This reminds me of the resolve that Daniel had in chapter 1. See, Daniel resolved not to eat from the king's table. I pray that you resolve not to eat from the king's table. Social media, who you hang around with, I don't care what it is, do not eat from the king's table. See, it'll smell good. It'll look beautiful. It'll look like it's healthy for me. And the aroma will be something that will be so attracting to you, you'll be like, what is that? But don't eat from the king's table. It will kill you spiritually if you eat from the king's table. The second thing we see here is what the blessed man delights in. 
But who's, who delights in the law of the Lord? The blessed man delights in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. It always seems like we're being told for, by Christians what not to do, right? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. You're a Christian, you can't do that, right? Let's look at what we get to do, what we can do. And I would put it this way. I had a friend of mine in a church named Bill. He's in here this morning. We get to do this stuff. We get to delight in God's law. Do you understand that? We get to do this as Christians. You don't have to. You get to do these things. If you'll change your mindset and you're like, ah, I got to read my Bible again. I know I hear Dan nagging me and I got to pray. And no, you get to. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. There are people who confess as Christians around the world that will be put in jail forever for reading their Bible. But America, we get to do this. We've got stacks of Bible at home that we got to brush off. You got it on your phone, you got it on your iPad, we got it everywhere. And we get to read it, folks. I really pray that that changes it in your heart. I don't have to. I get to. It says he delights. That word delight means I desire this. See, here's what I know about human beings, and me especially. I'll do what I focus on. I do what I delight in. I do what I enjoy. If reading the Bible is a burden, I'm never going to do, do it. Whatever we desire, we pursue. Whatever we desire, we chase after. I want you to be hungry for God's word. Here's what it says. The blessed man seeks guidance from the Bible in his life instead of uh, counsel from the wicked like we've been talking about. That word means this. It means in Psalm 119, 97 through 104 says this. Oh, how I love the law. I meditate on it all day, all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on its status. I have more understanding than, than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from evil, from the evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate the wrong path. Man, you got to get to where you hate the wrong path. Why? Because I love God that much. I will hate the path, the evil path, as much as I love God. The more I love God, the more I hate the evil path. I hate going the way of the ungodly. It's so wicked and it's so empty and there's nothing there. So this idea to meditate means this. I want you to meditate on the word. And that word means to chew on, to consume, to think about. Not Eastern meditation like yoga um, where you're empty in your mind. That's nuts. Have you ever tried to empty your mind? Just sit still for just a minute. Even listen to me this morning. Some of you have left already. I know some of you are like, this dude's crazy. Just try for a second. Empty your mind. Go ahead. I dare you. What are you thinking about? Empty in your mind. It's nuts. Meditating on God's word is not Eastern meditation. It is consuming the word of God. Have you ever eaten food and went, man, that's just, mm, that's, oh, that's, I love that cheeseburger, right? That's God's word. Have you ever read your Bible and went, oh, man, that's good. That's meditating. That's consuming it. And the more you meditate on it, the more you're able to apply it in your life. And it says all day long and all night long, the blessed man meditates on the word of God. That's what he does all the time. It helps us to apply the scripture and avoid sin. If you want to live out Psalm 119, 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
I don't think there's anybody in this room that's been caught up in sin, has wanted to sin against God. If you are, you're probably in the wrong place. You don't want to sin against God, but you're wondering, why do I keep doing it? It's because you're not meditating on his word, and you're not applying it to your life, and you're not hiding it in your heart, because according to the word, it keeps you from sinning. If the word becomes a delight, then reading it and following it will never be a duty. If delighting in the word and following God is a delight to you, it will never be a duty. You'll never have to. You'll want to. God has no plan apart from his word in which a believer is supposed to grow. He has no plan apart from following Christ and reading his word that you're supposed to grow. That's the growth plan. So if you want to grow in the Lord, now you know how to do it. True, the secret of true happiness is found in God and his word. As parents, a lot of times, what do we want our kids to be? Just happy. Man, you're so down, you're so discouraged. What's going on? I just want you to be happy, Johnny. What's going on? Tell me what's happening. How come you're not happy? I can tell you why they're not happy. Can I tell you why? It's because they're not meditating on the word. They're not spending time with God, you guys. So if you're ever wondering why you or your spouse or your children or a friend seems to just be down and not happy, here's why. Because that word happy literally means in the Hebrew, blessed. See, we take the English word happy and we goof it all up. It literally means blessed. Happy is the man that does these things. Blessed is the man or woman that does these things. So if you're ever talking to your kids, I, what's wrong? I just want you to be happy. You don't seem very happy. What's going on? Now you know. And parents, I would tell you, ask them. Don't just send them to the pastor. Please do anytime you want. But ask them, how much time are you spending in the Word? Are you getting a chance to read your Bible at all? Spending time with God, going to church, and you'll find their answer. The description, a couple close things, couple things to close, and I'm in a second here, I'll call the band up. The third thing is the blessed man's description is this. He's planted by a stream of living water. He's a tree planted by a stream of living water. How'd you like to have that description in your life? You're, we know what it's like in the, in the high mountain desert. We know we can look across the prairie and go, yeah, there's water over there, right? Why? Because the tree's green. That's how we know there's water over there. That tree is green. And he explains the second man is this. The wicked man is like chaff that's blown around. The tree, I want to take a second and just look at that tree. There's progress because it's growing. The water, the living water, you're picking up what I'm laying down, the living water that is Jesus Christ in his word, that tree that God planted by that stream is growing. Why? Because it's getting nutrients, and the nutrients is the scripture and the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart and doing all these different things along the way. And then the other thing you see in this tree is there's permanence. This tree is planted, not potted. Parents, I want you to hear this, please. Listen to me close for just a second. This tree is planted, not potted. That means you're the tree that these kids are going to come home from after their first semester of college or in the workplace. They're going to come back, folks. Moms, dads, grandpas, and grandmas, I want you to stay planted by that living, by the, I want you to be that tree planted by the living water because your kids are going to come home and ask questions. They're going to come home and they're going to want to get a fresh bite of fruit from mom and dad's life. And unless you stay planted, they're going to come home and there's going to be nothing for them to feed on. It's not over with, folks. It's just begun. I have this picture in my life with my kids, and some of you heard me say this before. God gave me this vision of being a well in the middle of the desert. And I don't want that well to dry up because every once in a while, my kids will come home for a drink. They'll come home for advice. 
They'll call and say, I don't know what to do. What direction should I go? I want to be that well or I want to be that tree where those kids come home. They can feed off of that. They can get a fresh drink of water. And if you give up, parents, and you change your habits and you change your life, and the reason why you were a Christian is because you were going to teach your kids and you fall out of those patterns, when your kids come home, when they call, they'll find an empty well or a dried up tree and no fruit. And I don't want that for you. You abide, Jesus says, if you will produce much fruit, if you abide in me, I abide in you, then you will produce much fruit. And the chaff is this. The chaff is this thing. I got to cut this really short. This is where I'd love to dig into this farther. But chaff is this. It's worthless. And it's just, it's destined for the fire. Chaff is that outside hole off a piece of corn or a piece of wheat that just blows about by the wind. Man, I don't want that for your lives. Students, look at me. Don't do that. You be that tree, like planted by a, a stream of living water. Don't you dare be like chaff. That the wind blows this way and the wind blows that way and this gender and this neutrality and this and that and all the stuff that the world's telling you that is all goofed up. Don't be like chaff that every time the wind changes direction, so do you spiritually. Oh, wait a minute. Now everybody's got this opinion. I need to go this way now in my life. No. You stay planted firmly in God's word because that's where you're going to find the answers that you're looking for. He never changes and neither does his word. You stay with him. You be that tree planted by that stream of living water. You don't be chaff because if you do, it will tear you up. And apart from me, Jesus says you can do nothing. So if you want to do great things in your life, follow Christ. There is, there is a, there will be times that the wicked in the worldly life seems the way to go. It's going to seem like it seems easier, seems right, but it will end in destruction. And the, the destiny of the, of the ungodly, of the wicked man, he will not stand in the judgment. Live your life in the light of eternity. The wicked man will not stand in the end in the judgment. But if you'll be like those three Hebrew boys, when everybody else around you is bowing down, because you've got your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith, the one way to get to heaven through Jesus Christ, and you keep your eyes fixed on him, the whole world will be bowing down, and it'll seem like nothing's happening to them. They seem okay. They're worshiping the statue. They're doing what the world tells them to do. And everybody around you is bowing down. I want you to be like those three Hebrew boys, and you stand. And you stand for the truth of Scripture. And you stand for Jesus Christ. Because in this world, there's coming a day where that will be hard to do, and it will threaten your life, just like those three Hebrew boys. But you can stand, and you can tell the king of the world, even if it kills me, I'm going to trust him. Because God's able to rescue me from whatever I'm going through. So you stand. That way, your destiny will be like the blessed man that will be full of life. And you'll hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Because the scripture says, he, God knows the way of the blessed man. The wicked man, he does not know the way of. Jesus says it this way. In the end, he says, depart from me. For, you guys know the scripture, depart from me. What? For I never knew you. This verse tells me this. If I can have the band come forward, I want to close. And we'll sing a song and then we're going to come up and pray. But I want you guys to know, I don't want you to hear the words, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Because the blessed man, it says, the Lord knows their way. And that know is yadah, is the word. It's the Hebrew word yadah. That means intimately in relationship to know you. Remember when Jesus was on the road, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and, Paul, and Jesus asked Paul, why are you persecuting? What did he say? Me. 
He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? He said to Saul on the road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? Jesus is in the midst and is very intimate in your relationship and all the experiences of your life. And I want you to always remember this. He's with you. Students, look at me. He's with you. And you've got to choose to believe that because there's going to be times that you don't. You're going to have to go, no, I know he's here and I know he's with me and I know he'll never leave me and he will never forsake me. I know the way of the world will look good, but don't go that way. And what I want to do, we're going to close with a song this morning. What I'd like everyone to do in the room that is a graduate and the family or friends of graduates, I want you guys to come up in the front of the room, right up here in the front if you would. So if you'd stand, graduates, family members, friends, whoever wants to come up, Please come up in the front of the church real quick right here for a second, if you would, because I want to give you guys an opportunity to do something that um, probably isn't quite as available any longer. So come on up here in the front, you guys. Come on. I'll wait on you. Right up here in the front, because what I want you guys to do, if you're friends of these, of these students or the family members, you guys are welcome to come up to grandparents as well. Come up, lay hands on these guys in just a minute, because what I want to do is I want to give you guys an opportunity as a family to do something. If you turn around, look at the screen. I want each one of you to have an opportunity to worship together, to worship the Lord together before you go off into graduation today, before you go off into the things of life, and it gets busy and it gets hectic. I want the band to lead us in a song. It's called The Goodness of God. And while we're doing this, I want you to find Christ in this song. I want you to realize that you've been brought from death to life. You're born again because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Romans 5.8 says this. Jesus, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, God doesn't just tell you he loves you. He demonstrates his love through the cross. As we sing this song, I want to ask you a question. I want to give you guys an opportunity in the front of this room or anybody in this room to commit yourselves to this. I want to demonstrate my love to Christ by the way I live my life for him. And I want to live like that blessed man on that path, delighting in his word and doing all these things that we talked about this morning. So if everybody in the congregation would please stand, band will lead us in worship, and then I'll come up and close in prayer in a minute.